Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junell has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Clint Junell. So, first of all, say your name for me. David Grove. David Grove. David, and your company name is Built. Built. And uh, B-Y-L-T, not spelled normally. I don't know where that comes from. You want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. It's actually a software company I started first. Okay. And then when the restoration company started, I just took the same company parent name. Okay. Used it for well, that. That's interesting because I know you relatively well from some relationships and other stuff, but I didn't know you had a software company you started first. I have a software company. Basically, it's an idea. It's an idea I've been working on for about six or seven years. Okay. Um, and it's not anything like yours because it's not job management or anything, but it still has to do with construction. But it'd probably take us another couple hours to go over that. Yeah, I'd talk about that. And <laughs> yeah. several years to figure out how you actually get it built. Dude, I'm yes. telling you, I understand how that goes for sure. Well, so my idea is to barely build it and then hopefully sell the idea. It's more yeah. because it is, it'll be a good one once I get down that road. But Nice. Well, hopefully, and I'm happy to help any way I can on all that. This is being recorded and is going to be published. So let's not talk about any of that right now. Okay. Just in case somebody hears yeah. and they steal your idea. I don't want anybody stealing your idea. Be oh, like, yeah, that's right. Damn it, Clint. I'd be like, yeah, hey, keep, dude. I, keep it simple. Yeah. 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 Let's not chat about some of that right now. Um, so let's talk about Built as a restoration company. And let's talk about how, first of all, how you got into the industry. Okay, so built as a restoration company started in January 2020. I had in the past general managed a couple of other restoration companies and made them both highly successful, which is then I had some people back me to start my own because they saw what I did with those ones. How I got into the industry is a longer story because I've always been in construction and restaurants and pretty much every industry known to man. Uh, for a very long time, but now, I don't know, like, restoration found me more than I found it, I guess. So back in, right after high school, I started my first business throwing music festivals. So I got $250,000 loan to do that and failed miserably at that for four years while I was doing construction and doing restaurants and learned things the hard way. That was my college. And then um, after that, I kind of went, let's see, I went into owning own construction businesses, computer businesses, building computers, uh, did some software building kind of things. And then I've done everything from run wine vineyards and wineries to climb trees around power lines, work as guides in Montana and Alaska. Uh, you name it, I've probably done it. A lot of a lot of crazy stuff in there. Sure. No, I know some of those stories, right? Just in other conversations that we've had, or I've been near you when you're having conversations with others. And so I've heard some of these things and I've always thought, man, that's unique. And Dave's yeah. certainly an interesting individual. Yeah, so then some of those aspects. All those skills for some reason somehow kind of came together. And then when 
I was asked to do restoration just all fell in place and I just was really naturally good at it because I had the construction background I had the tech background I had business knowledge a lot of business knowledge so it was just I don't know it's just kind of built for general managing them at first I found being an owner is much different than general managing <laughs> very quickly in 2020 yeah but, uh, but at the same time there are a lot of similarities too so um is still managing people and expectations. Things well, like so let's that. let's talk about 2020 because you start in 2020 in January 2020 you kick off built. We actually kicked then, it off November 19. Okay, so we we started like building out our building. We started uh, putting the the map together of what this is going to be. Cause I already had a couple estimators, a couple coordinators that were coming from other companies that I had worked with in the past or worked for the company I was just with. So I had a pretty good plan of a map, but I needed a few months to put that map together, build, sure. build out a job data system, you know, and well, really just build everything out. Right. And then get on a few TPAs. It took us till, January to get on a TPA or two because coming out the gate, we wanted to come out the gate strong. Three million was our first year goal. Work done. Uh, we ended up hitting about five point eight that first year. Work done just because mainly my relationships, my general manager, and we had one sales guy doing property management. And uh, I mean, we, it was way more than we thought. Sure. Second year we were hoping for five. Again, we hit about eleven point eight. And then the third year, we kind of plateaued, and now we're implementing EOS and everything to kind of push past that that plateau. Sure, sure. break through that that yeah. stage, right? There's that barrier of, of that level that kind of makes you go, okay, I got to get past this stuff. Yep. So there's some things that you've mentioned that would be interesting to talk about. One is, you know, you get started in 2020, and then first, we need to tell people what part of the world you're in. So they'll kind of get oh, yeah. an understanding. From Maryland, D.C., so I... Our office literally sits right in, in between them. Uh, so we, I think in Maryland alone, there's, I don't even know, it's hundreds of little cities and towns. So, so you're a lot of business. You're in the hotbed of the political world, right? Yep. Like there's yep. a whole lot of the political structure yep. that exists in the area that you're in. Yep. So then we get into mid-March of 2020 and here at least in texas kids don't go back to school they go for spring break and then our spring break in texas is mostly middle of march somewhere in those couple of weeks yeah, yeah. around st patrick's day i think other parts of the country may be different april or whatever but so there's a march or april it seems like yeah it so we go to spring break with the kids and then they don't go back to school and you're in the middle of an environment where you know it's i would assume it's very different there but it was still a quite of an impact in texas in terms of Lots of businesses, people are staying home. You've got this work. So you you still in that first year well exceeded your target. Yeah. Every so, month. Too. So for us, like for the listeners that have listened to this in any capacity whatsoever, know that I have a software company. They don't have a restoration company. So that's why we're talking to restoration guys right now. Mm -hmm. But for us, like it, it tailed off a little bit for a month and a half or so um, where it kind of slowed some things down. So you were taking off, just getting started and like blowing the doors off of it. And yep. I think a lot of these guys that are listening to the podcast, that are trying to go, okay, well, how do we fit business pains? There's a lot of people, Dave, that 
they try to get past a million bucks, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying to get their first million. It depends on your market for sure for that. Sure. So let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about in the middle of a pandemic, the start of a pandemic where the world was crazy in a market, honestly, that's going, seems like it would be a little more locked down. Texas is obviously a little more open in regard to that, right? You can look at- I'll be honest, Maryland was pretty open comparatively to most. We we didn't have- we had a bit of a lockdown, but it wasn't, I think there was like three weeks where it was a hard one. But after that three weeks, it was kind of like, well, we're going to loosen up. Okay. We're going to loosen up more. We were one of the first to loosen up on things. So, okay. so then in that case, you were able to do business and people were, I mean, obviously yeah. willing to let you come in. What, I mean, what? we still had a, there was still definitely an impact because like, even when we had our building open, we opened our building finally in February and we can't even move into it yet. And everybody's yeah, yeah. working from home. So you're trying to start a business working from home, you know, right. which is really, really tough. And I don't know, there's still quite the impact of just you couldn't quite get started. You still had 25% of customers like, no, until everything settles down, we're not comfortable. Okay, so then let's talk about your wheelhouse in that first year. Right to hit, you said five point eight in in year one, where your market or your target was three. What were you doing in that year? I mean, there was a lot of large loss coming into us because people knew me, knew my general manager for the kind of reconstruction work we do, and then just naturally, along with that, getting on to the right TPAs at the right time, fed a lot of mitigation work. And then, of course, reconstruction work behind that. Sure. But the large losses were a pretty big surprise so quickly because I, I think they just knew we could do them, we could handle them. Can, they can really send anything to us. So they, they already knew that going, going out the gate, you know. Because they knew who your team was. Yeah. So that, that lends to if somebody's starting a business – um, and they're listening to this podcast and they're trying to solve problems and pains of, of growing a business is setting it up right to begin with. Yeah. So right one of the biggest things I'm learning even three years into this thing, it's, it's, I mean, I always knew it was about people first, right? So like I always had my own little chart, like people process, uh, I'm trying to remember what my old one used to be. It used to be people process and then values. And then the middle was vision. But with EOS, it's about the right people in the right seat. You start to get granular with it. And that sure. is a that is a big thing. Like everybody in the company has to have your values. Everybody in the company has to get it. That's a very defined term that they actually get what you're doing. They have to want to do what you're doing. If they don't want to be here, they shouldn't be here. And then they have to have all kinds of capabilities to do it. Emotional, intelligent, physical, you know, they, they have to be able to grasp all those things and those capabilities can be trained, but really not, none of the other things can. They either have the values or they don't. They either right. get it or they don't. Right. They either want it or they don't, you know. And that's and, one of the biggest tools now I'm even using. And you weed people out really quickly that who should be here and who shouldn't. Sure. Do you do any trait profiling or... You know, like uh, I, I know EOS is big on people analyzers, right? So you you got to figure out who your people are before. So what are you doing to make sure you're putting the right people on the right seat? We usually do like a values quiz that we designed around our values. So we have five values and we do a screening 
with our HR person before they get an interview, they have to do a phone screening and pass that values quiz. Awesome. Which we made it confusing enough that they can't just, they're not just going to know what the best answer is there, right? Sure. Like it's, what are the answer? What's the answer they're looking for? And put that answer in, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. It'd be interesting. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah we, have a, we have it, so I can definitely send that awesome. to you. But we also use one, so if there's ever conflict between employees too, do this thing called Colby. Yeah, yeah. Colby is not... It's more just what, like how you get your job done, right? Rather than yeah. here's a personality test, which personality tests, there's nothing wrong with them, but I think they, they go in a different direction to where you're almost psychoanalyzing people rather than trying to just figure out how they work, right? Yeah, so we've used so. some of that in the past. We, we've done a couple of different things. One of the ones that we used a lot was a, a group called Culture Index. So okay. it's trait profiling. And what it is, instead of personality, it's... What's your natural reaction to something from the time you were 12 on? What yeah. is your response to things? How are you wired? What, you know, what makes you tick? And then you learn, like it was interesting in, in dealing with understanding different personalities because in the restoration space, it requires people that are wired differently to do different things. Mm-hmm. Yes, they still like it according to EOS, right? They need to have your values and, you know, they had, need to have your vision and the things that go into that. But I learned about, you know, some of the the culture index calls some architects and calls some technicians and calls some, you know, visionaries. And like, there's just different tools that go in that. I found a really cool one the other day because our integrator with EOS is actually having me do something new she's working with. It's a leadership kind of quiz that's kind of like a Colby, but it's just for leadership. Okay. It breaks down what skills you aren't so good at but then it breaks down the skills that you want to be good at and then it it shows you that divide a little bit and then you can start working on like a couple specific things at a time and start making action plans on those things okay but one thing she brought up most recently was really interesting to to me and i can't remember the name of the chart but it it's kind of like a follower follower then it goes a follower leader or i'm sorry yeah follower leader then it goes a leader follower then a leader leader so that's kind of like your chain of command in your company so you start with your actual leadership group sure under that you'd have your leader followers which are like your management group under that you'd have more i guess leads I guess leads, I guess I could call them. And then under that are just pretty much laborers, technicians, sure. whatever you want to call them there. They would be your follower that, followers, right? At the bottom followers, and, followers, and sure. how that works. And see, that's the thing is like, it takes all of those, right? Yeah. Um, I, I learned the uniqueness of some of that when understanding some of the trait profiling and some of the, what you're talking about, like follower followers, like there are individuals, Dave, believe it or not, there are people that you have to show them what to do. Yeah. And they, and then you have to make sure they understand exactly what it is well, that you're showing them because they're not going to have well, any. And then you still have to verify that they did it right. 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 So like, they, dude, I'm telling you, there are there are people. Show them how to I, do it. But I've experienced this. Like, so for instance, as an example, like you're showing somebody how to paint a room, and you put the paint bucket out over here, right? And you mm-hmm. roll the paint on the painter, and then you start rolling it on the ceiling or the wall or whatever. Um, and then you work your way. And you're like, okay, I just need you to paint all the way this whole wall, right? And it's yeah. 50 feet away to finish this wall. They're going to leave the paint tray in the exact same spot instead of moving it with them. They're going to walk all the way back because you didn't tell them to move the paint tray with them as they went. 
One of the most interesting things I ever did was the vineyard winery. That was my favorite job I ever had, I'd have to say, because I just had a dog that followed me around the vineyard. I lived on the vineyard. I drank wine all day, you know, whatever. It was, it was amazing. But anyway, every uh, spring, it's usually pretty cold in spring before anything buds, you have to go through and cut off all the old uh, new vines and you cut them down. So you just leave like a little, extra there and i guess all the people they've had do this in the past take like weeks to do it tons of labor costs it's just super expensive i did it with three people because i built this system to do it super efficiently and fast with a gator like following the the crew so there's three of us we did it in a week and a half i think killed out all the vines i mean it it was hard work. There's a lot of long hours. I'm not saying we didn't overdo some hours and stuff, but at the same time, I saved them like three times the amount they had paid every single year before in labor. So like, it's just about finding that efficient path sometimes, but you're right. Most people do not think in an efficient path. No, You know, they, they are there to listen and follow and follow your order of the way you say to do it. And if you miss a step or you don't clarify a step, it's not going to follow the path you just gave them. So sure. you have to verify that they understood it. So that, that makes me think like listening to this podcast, talking to you right now, knowing you, and then what you just said in that last statement, you're a big process guy. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about, because you would attribute it, what you just did in terms of the vine business, that having the right process in place had made you successful there and has made you successful here. Now you fell into some good opportunities as a result of getting opened at the right time, right? That was also but, good people too. Cause I, sure. I was going to got to hire the right people to do that job that were going to follow me and they could understand what I was doing too, you know, and believed in understood and got what I was doing. They, they knew I wasn't leading them down some weird path, you know? Right. So that's part of it as well. But so what was the question again? I think it really, it's just, just kind of talking about how processes, how processes, what is your perception of processes and how do processes make you successful or processes are everything. So before I even started this company in my job management system, I think we built out about 400 different compliances, but along with those compliances, we'd already mapped where they all fell in the process. And I, I did this all backwards at one point in time to where I was building all these different checklists. Like you and I have this thing called know-how. I don't know if you use mm-hmm. know-how. Mm-hmm. But know-how is this great thing for checklists, right? And you can kind of build procedures above the checklists in know-how, but it, it has a hard time of showing you like a core process map. And I've been talking to them. I think they need to add that. Like they, they need to have a place where you can put your core processes. You can see how they go across different parts of your group. Like you could have your accountability chart and watch them kind of go in between people. But that your core processes can be looked at at like a higher level. And then once you have your core processes, you should have procedures under them. And then once you have your procedures, then you can start making all of your little checklists for to get that procedure done, which is fine. But without the map, it's just a lot of information in one place that nobody knows which sure. part they're looking at, right? Sure. 
but you do you do need to map it as well. So that's I don't so, know. That's how my brain. So works. processes and organization of processes is significant in your in your mind the way you operate. Yes. What, yeah. do, what do you? You're obviously very entrepreneurial. Where do you think you line up with the rest of what I'm going to say? We'll, we'll start with restoration space. Do you think? most business owners are process driven the same way you are, or do you think you're more data process driven than most? Say that I'm more because I've yeah. met so many business owners. Now in core, I've gotten to meet a lot more guys like me, which is sure. amazing. That's amazing because before core, I really hadn't met many at all. I, I'd met guys that have been doing restoration for, they say, 30, 40 years, and you're talking to them about the simplest process, and they're like, huh? Yeah. So, it, But those are still those guys it, that are trying to hit that million-dollar mark, right? They're still trying yeah. to get there. Yeah. Well, some of them are. Some of these guys were $15 million, and you're like, how <laughs> How did you even – I mean, if, I guess if you spent 40 years at it, maybe, you know. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, it – it is something that's something that can be taught because that is just it's a capability. I, I don't find that that's it's not a value. It's not getting it. It's not wanting it. That's just a capability that can be taught and you can become sure. good at the processes. Sure. It's just most people don't know where to start with it because, like I said, with know how I feel like most people are like, OK, well, we have all these different things we do. Let's just list them all out and make a bunch of checklists. That's great. But unless you start at the top yeah. and and start right. very simple and make some silos where these things can fall, you are going to be so confused by the time you make five of them that you're not. Yeah. And, and where along this path do I check that part off if I don't have it categorized correctly? Yeah. And that's one of the things for us. Like, I mean, what I say all the time is I the reason I built a software company is I'm not smart enough to run a restoration company. So I had to figure out how to build a software to make that work. Right. But that's what we did in a lot of cases was like, we try to automate it so that really anybody can follow the path and hit the right things that we're trying to look for. And, you know, it's interesting to try to navigate that and the different personalities behind business that do things differently. What there was a book I read quite a while ago, it was basically following the path of like McDonald's and, how they really started making their processes. And I mean, a lot of that, it's not what made me good. It made me better at the processes I was building at the time because you listening to that book and just seeing how they were putting things together at first, like McDonald's didn't become like one of the masters at building a fast food franchise just overnight. It took them years to like start at the top and make this big silo make maybe like four big silos and then they start breaking it down into something smaller then they break it down into something smaller and but it takes a lot of time to put that all sure. together sure know? yeah they've done it well right yeah uh and it's it's unique to watch somebody like mcdonald's um with the growth that they've had uh because I mean, it's you can get a better hamburger yeah but I mean, what they really got done is franchising. That's right. <laughs> they've done all that well. They created processes so it happens the exact same way yeah. throughout the throughout the so world. That it really, can right? be franchisable first, right? Right. right. Yeah. They've done amazing with all that. So they've figured out processes very well yes, uh, to make that work. So tell me something like what what is something that that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started. I think most of the stuff I'm figuring out still, and I don't think I'll ever stop learning about that I really wish I would have known when I started is all the financial 
education as far as like how all the things you need to know as you scale up financially because it's great to think that yeah next year i want to be a one million dollar company but what does that mean financially next year i want to be a five million dollar company what does that mean financially next year i want to be a 15 million dollar they all mean different things that's something i didn't know i didn't know each step has a different basically you need a certain amount of money to back that number one it depends what kind of growth right but then there's all these ways to actually run data on your financials that that you have to know how to do or you'll just crash and burn like you have to run your company off financial data or you die um and that i think that's more of a 15 million dollar problem maybe because i've seen companies run at five million and not need to do that sure but if you have the aspirations to get above 10 you probably should Understand those really start educating yourself on finances. What's funny about all of that is, I mean, we know some of the same people, right? And I know a lot of restoration companies, a lot of service industry companies. And I, I've got a friend that runs a seventy-two million dollar HVAC company. I know a lot of restoration companies that are running ten million dollars. Um, there's, there's one in our group that's running $45 million. Um, and they're, I mean, they're absolutely crushing it, but there's some $10 million guys out there that in 10 million, their profit is a million. Yep. And I know for us, we've run four and a half, five and had a million and a half profit on four and a half, five. So there are, it depends on your, it depends on your book of business. Number one, it depends on what. You know, is it more recon? Is it more mint? Is it more referrals for abatements and contents? What What is it? What is it first? And then who are you getting it from? If you're getting it from teachers, slower, you know, but, so on and so forth. And we knew that getting out of the gate, that recon and TPAs were going to be our stepping stones. So we used them as such. But we also knew they were only stepping stones, and eventually we were going to start cutting away at these things. Yeah, we have. I just looked at my numbers with my business development guy. Man, it was amazing. Three million dollars lost last year on all the places we wanted to lose it. Three million dollars gained this year in all the places we wanted to gain it. So no real loss in there. Yeah. But at the same time, we we cut. And let's some clarify. You're talking revenue gained, right now. Yeah, I clarify for these guys. You were talking oh, yes. revenue. You offset your revenue scrubbing TPA. So some of the guys that listen to this aren't going to know what really that means, but that's a third party administration. So the best, best analogy I can do is I lost some fat and I gained some muscle. You know, there you go. So the profit margins are the the high profit margins are the muscle and the low profit margins are the fat. Yeah, or the negative and, profit margins are the fact. And that's great yeah. to talk about in terms of one of the points that I wanted to make was you, you said a little bit earlier, you know, some guys are looking to make 10 million, some are looking to make 15. Mm-hmm. But literally, there are people that will run those numbers and make no money. Yep. They're, they're running big revenue numbers and making zero profit yep. because they... And they think they're doing great because they they know what their revenue is and that, that's what yeah, they want to talk about. I'm not even going to lie. So like in our in our third year, that was our year of struggle. So that's where we hit our zero dollar. But at the same time, we knew, okay, we're hitting a cap. We also just grew from zero to twelve million in two years. We were going to feel some pain eventually for doing that. Well, and then that you- was that was more of my startup costs coming back to bite me in the butt a little bit. Sure. But at the same time. 
even if I would have taken all that out, it's still not enough. So I knew I had to fix some things. So that's when I decided I'm going to put an operational system. And that's part of your cost too. Some of your money you spent was putting things in place for Absolutely. scalable growth. Building. And see, I, so I don't look at that and go, wow, well, that sucks, right? But because I think I, just knowing you, knowing who you're tied to, knowing what's happening, um, I would anticipate that you're going to have some good growth and that profitability is going to be big, right? Yes. Um, and and I think I, I love it, right? I'm excited about it. Um, what's a mistake that you may have made or you have seen that is hard to fix in business? Some of the biggest mistakes can be putting your trust into the wrong person. So this comes back to people, man. Sure. For me, a lot of things come back to the right people, right seat, because I think that's where a lot of it begins. And then you you think you have the right person. Back then, like this one mistake I'm talking about, back then we thought we had it all figured out on how to get the right people, because we've done so great so far. We're like, man, we already have this down. We get, we'll find this guy, put him in this seat but he was the wrong guy all around and he was really good at hiding that. But when we found out it was way too late. Yeah. And caused a lot of problems. The damage, the damage even after he was gone continued. So like, and it continued for about another year. So like it, that's uh, one person can be, make just everything fold if you don't do it. Sure. Yeah. So then the next question that would come from that is what's, the best decision, or it's one of the ones that I know is on my list at some level, what's the best decision you made as a business owner? And I would say hearing that it's implementing some things like EOS, right? It and and it finding people. 100%. The best thing I've ever done as a business owner is the operation system. I mean, 100%. Like, yeah. so I know there's a bunch of other ones out there, so I don't want to say it's just EOS, of course, scaling up. I think the other one's like KLB or something. I can't remember. Something, yeah. But I mean, just having somewhere that keeps everybody swimming in the same direction, keeping everybody accountable, helping you find the right people in the right seat. I, I can't think of anything and, better. I wish I would have had it at the beginning. Yeah. So, oh, me too. Right? And for the last three companies I managed. Like, yeah. Yeah, just, it would have made a huge difference. And for us, the same thing, right? Like we're in the process of still implementing it, right? Like we're using it. We've created a lot of processes. I mean, I recognize that I needed processes, but so, which is why I even built software, but like to do them right, like you need an operating software system to understand. as good as it's only a tool as the people behind it. That's right. 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 It, it's, and it's only a tool. Whatever I'm using. I mean, it can be Matterport. Let's just call out something that doesn't even have to do with managing a job. Like Matterport's only as good as the people using it. If I don't, really get them behind it and then everybody's using it properly and everything but he's actually like uploading it to the right people properly yeah it's just a big piece of junk that they haul around in their truck correct correct yeah so the process behind all of it makes it huge and i love it man i i love i love being able to i mean honestly this could become an eos podcast they may they may hear this and be like hey can (laughs) can we use this on our i'm like yes you can use this i'm sure dave would agree because uh, it's been great to to implement and it's fun to start watching some of those, you know, I, with the entrepreneurial spirit, I kind of rail against all corporate policies and rules and all those things naturally the way I'm wired, but you learn as you're growing the value and necessity of having 
those types of things in place. And I think US does it well. Um, yep. I know our buddy, Russ, he uses scaling up um, yep. and he's had great success with that. He runs a really, really great company, really tight ship in, in Phoenix. And uh, I'm going to have him on too at some point. So I'll probably get this conversation on his side as well. But I mean, I for me, I hear you saying, because this is about allevi- alleviating pains in business, right? And mm-hmm. helping those that are starting off or hitting ceilings or whatever going, Hey, what, what are some steps and things that I can do to kind of get past that or navigate it? And honestly, you would say operating systems, EOS for you is one of those things. It is. Tools that fix those problems. What's that? Tools that help fix problems. Yeah. Tools that help fix the problems. And then, I mean, each one of those tools is going to lead you where you need to go. Like I said, it, it solves the people thing. It solves the value thing. It even solves the vision thing. Uh, I don't know. It solves the main characters in that. So, and traction is just something that comes out of all of it, right? Yeah. Like, so you're getting traction from all the things that you do. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. you know, and I think, I mean, honestly, I'll have uh, Martis and the guys that put this podcast together uh, when they post it out, I'll have them put some links to, you know, where they can find EOS. Because I, based on this conversation, it's like, Yes. And I agree. Right. Like the operating system. Was, so for those who were hearing us say EOS, there's, it's a group and it's, it's called the entrepreneurial operating system. It's EOSworldwide.com. I think is where their stuff and is. The book is uh, the original book. There's a tra- traction is the one that I listened to Gina Wickman and somebody else. Gina Wickman's the uh, main yeah, Gina Wickman's the main one. Uh, uh, and then he has several other books that kind of fall under those yeah. for different people in the organization. Yeah. And it's great. That's great information, man. Like, yeah, there's tools, like there's charts and people analyzers and VTO, the vision traction organizer to help but, you. But understand even having somebody like a integrator or an implementer to help a company put that together. I feel like that's another important part of it. Sure. There's some people that can do that on their own, but that might be more like a Russ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I'm just going to figure it out on my own, man. Like, yeah. It, I have enough going on. I needed that person to kind of run it in the background while, I mean, I'm fine as long as I have that support, but we should give support to actually get it running. Sure. No. And I think that's great. Like there's a lot of good information on the podcast, man. So is there anything that you would want to say that I haven't asked you a question about and we've, we've already kind of crested our time. um, So I don't want to keep you tied up. I think we, we hit a lot of buckets there. So I think that's great. Yeah. Well, Dave, thanks for being on here with me. I appreciate it. Um, and and um, everybody, this is Dave Grove from Built in Maryland, restoration company. It does a really great job for us out there and uh, a friend of mine. And I'm happy to have him on here. Dave, thanks for joining us. Thank you, man. Have a good rest of your day. This has been a Business Aspirin, pain relief for business podcast. If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, Follow us on Apple Podcasts or visit our website for more information, job-docs.com.